Welcome to the Progressive Mindset Podcast. My name is Natalie Potts, business coach and mentor, and each week I'll be bringing you an inspiring personal message to help you unlock creating a living life full of energy, action, impact, and happiness. And today I am so excited to be welcoming Sonia. This is an amazing episode where we explore female empowerment, financial independence, self-esteem, motivation, corporate diversity and inclusion, and team engagement, and how Sonia got into coaching and the difference it's made to her life and the difference she's making to others. As I always do, I'm going to hand over to Sonia to introduce herself. Enjoy. Thank you for having me, Nat. Um, so I came into coaching, this was around 2018. However, prior to that, I've held a lot of leadership positions. So as a result of that, I was already coaching without the, the qualifications, as you would say, um, or without even knowing it. So I started my career in uh, software development in technology, uh, really rare to see females at that point in time. Now I'm showing my age clearly, but uh, during that time you're like, oh, you, you are a software developer. And I was not your typical software developer. I mean, or the way I looked, because every time I used to go for an interview, they were like, oh, it's you, like, are you here for that interview? And I'm thinking, yeah, but I, and at that point, you don't even think about why they even saying that. But now, with all this awareness that has been going on, you realize, oh, I didn't fit the mold of what a software developer should look like. Anyway, fast forward, I went into consultancy, I worked for different investment banks. And then I carved out my career in a program and portfolio management, which I thoroughly enjoy. And I think the, the reason for that is, is I get the opportunity to uh, work with different teams and various stakeholders, but you're also leading and motivating those teams. And I think that's where the whole coaching aspect comes into it. So I fell pregnant with my second child in 2018, I thought, okay, for me, going on maternity leave was like daunting. I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? I just don't want to be, um, you know, just raising a child. I need to feed my mind. I need to do something. And one of my colleagues, whilst I was speaking to her and expressing what I, how I was feeling, she mentioned um, the two-day foundation course that the Coaching Academy runs. So I thought, oh, you know, um, I've got a couple of annual leave left, so why don't I just go and attend? So that's what I did. And literally, me and my husband were there together, actually. And he said, you really should sign up. And I think I found, and when I was there, I found my flow, especially when we were doing the Wheel of Life and things that really mattered to me. And I thought, this is really interesting. And I can actually possibly earn money at some point in time just talking to people and helping them transform their lives so that's how it all came about I went on maternity and then I decided a month in once once my child was one month I thought now is the time to start um, getting ready for the accelerator days and do all my webinars um, I think my son's already a coach because I was actually learning whilst breastfeeding him at the same time but it was uh, it was just an amazing piece and then around 2019 finished all everything and as you know the paperwork is quite intensive so I did start I kept up to date with the paperwork but then uh, you know life got in the way and I decided I was still pursuing coaching and I was still coaching people uh, but as a you know just to get the full qualification I actually submitted my paperwork in 2020 
And um, yeah, and here I am, graduated from the coaching academy, have my own practice now, uh, which I always wanted, but I never, when I went on this journey, I never thought I would ever have my own practice. It just came about and it's all about, I just think things just fall into place and yeah. it just happens sort of thing. So yeah, that's my journey. I love that. And we've, we've discussed before around this, the coaching practice. So who specifically do you help? And, and I know you're kind of linking that a lot back to the work you do as well. And you, what I loved about what we discussed before was the kind of the blend of bringing that in and knowing that you almost, like I've seen, you can learn so much through being in a role in a position with the business and, and have your own business and how the two can complement one another. Exactly. I feel like when you have your own business, you don't have any limitations. You are your own, you know, you, you've got your freedom and you can go and play, play, um, play with anything Like you're not stuck down with processes. Whereas when you're working in an organization, you have to be very, very careful with the processes that they have. And, you know, you're being um, respectful and courteous to those. So I think that's really important. So, um, the way I blend it, I mean, uh, when I um, was working in Vodafone, I was applying some of my coaching techniques, but I was I was also aware that not coach, coaching is not for everyone. And I remember when I returned to work and um, my management knew I was a qualified life coach, they were like, oh, you need to go and coach such and such. And I'm thinking, it doesn't work like that. Coaching is all about the person within themselves has that self-awareness that, there is something missing or there's something that they want to attain, but they require some support, some help or some guidance. So they need to be more open and willing to be coached. Whereas mentoring is completely different. Of course, you can always, when someone's expressing or sharing anything, you can, um, you know, give them advice based on your own experience or how you've gone about a certain situation, which may be similar. Um, so I decide. I, I started working with a few ladies actually at Vodafone who were building up a coaching program. So I had a lot of input in that, which they wanted to implement for the grow, mo uh, the grow model. So that was quite interesting. But in terms of coaching clients, it was very much an evening thing or then early morning. So it did not conflict with my, um, my work priorities. So, yeah. Yeah, really, really important, as you say, that, it isn't for everybody and you do have to be coachable and you have to want to make a change. I always say it's like therapy. You know, you have got to kind of admit that, you, yes, there's something not right. I need there's a gap or I need to move forward and this is what I need and establishing that. And, and then it's very powerful. Um, and I, I absolutely love coaching as well. I, I guess what connected myself with you as well was the, your energy I love. And when we got into discussion, which I want to talk more about is, and what I see in you in kind of that female inspiration, that lead, like you say, the coaching side, the level of challenge, the fact that being in male-dominated environments is, is really tough for females. I think it's, it's getting better. And I'm saying getting because I don't think we're there yet. I think we're a long way where we need to be in businesses and, and just generally how we look at women in the workplace as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so... Um... I actually feel sorry for my male counterparts. I have to be very honest, because I think this whole female, um, you know, the women's week that we have or women's month we have in organizations, I feel like they really 
it's like, you know, men need to do more. I don't think it's about a man thing. I think it's society and that means men, women, both need to do more. I have had some, like, you know, my husband, he's a, he's a, a senior director of a big organization. And uh, because of him, he's my support. He actually, we have such a very balanced life lifestyle, like, you know, with the kids, etc. And especially when COVID hit, how I was able to maintain my career, maintain my commitments to work, he was supporting me. And that's a ma- man in itself. So he was being that supportive. And I'm, I'm sure there's many other people who have partners like that. Um, and I think where I fa- have found in my career, wherever I have spoken to a, a senior female, senior female leader, a senior than myself, I think they actually have not been supportive. They've actually seen me as a threat. And I think, well, if women are going to see each other as threats, then you're not going to really, we're not going to progress. But if you look how men interact and how if men even uh, go into conflict, literally within within the hour that that conflict's forgotten about and they move forward together to go and pursue what their goals are whereas us women generally we actually hold on to that conflict and let it sabotage us in terms of growing forward so I think there's a lot of work where women can actually do so much more for women and it's not a man thing. And, and this is my argument. And I, f- I actually feel for, especially my white male colleagues where it feels like they are now, they can't be themselves because everything is like, oh, what if this is not, um, you know, culturally appropriate or is not inclusive? And I think we need to really balance the argument. And that's my view on it. Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting what you say there and I, about the female part. And it's just got me thinking about how much judgment we still apply. And even with coaching, we know we don't judge, but or we try our best not to. <laughs> I think definitely for women, there becomes that, you know that there is that judgment and comparisonitis is a big word I keep hearing a lot at the minute and things and and yeah it's not about this empowering side of supporting women and and make it and so I've come apparent to me recently about confidence because I know I'm really confident in a lot of things and I think when I was thinking back I was like well when have those moments in my career and life been that you know why have I been so confident and it's often because there's been someone there that's believed in me and and I felt that and it's true and it's authentic it's genuine and and I think that's what like you know when I work with females in mentoring circles it's around getting them to understand that actually it doesn't have it can be a male mentor or female mentor it's the right person for them that's going to help them in their like we said the coaching their gap of where they want to be and empowering them and someone saying it as frank as you know i believe in you so i think it's interesting there's a lot of thoughts there that it's not just women and you know um empowerment confidence and everything it's it's uh, an amalgamation understanding and i think that the key word like you said at the start is this awareness piece yeah isn't it is absolutely crucial yeah so I wasn't I you know I've always been surrounded by men and it's been very uh, male dominated and I've never actually had much of an issue quite frankly however going into a senior role 
I've then seen the difference in terms of like, you know, that same passion, that same drive that I had when I was like not at that senior position and then I became a senior leader. It was now being, put, uh, you know, uh, taken as being someone very aggressive or, you know, trying to be a man in a in this world and you think, actually, if my male counterpart was speaking the same way and expressing the same, he would be seen as passionate and driven. And mm. I find those labels are quite uh, undermining. So I have had, unfortunately, been in situations where... I've had poor male leadership and I didn't recognize it. The funny thing is I just took it for, I took it at face value. I said, oh, you know, they're just being, when when someone loses an argument, that they resort to labeling. And I've always been one of those people thinking, okay, now you resorted to labeling my passion. It just, it, it shows me that you've lost the argument. So I'm gonna allow you to just continue. And, um, my husband and my father actually they were like you do realize this is not normal and I'm like what do you mean they're like this is not normal you you are a female you're a woman you should have uh be able to express your views and have um a voice uh in doing it in a respectful way of course but no one should turn around and start labeling these opinions these views and they're like you do know you are being sabotage for being a female and I thought this is very bizarre what are you talking about and I now I have to put it in in the context it's like when you you know you see sometimes your friends are in a relationship which is you know not right and you think "Mm, you know there's something not right there and you can tell you tell them you tell them but they can't recognize it because they're in it Mm -hmm. and I thought maybe I'm not recognizing it and then eventually I did, and uh, after a, few, a number of examples, because it piqued my awareness when my father and my husband spoke to me about it. And, um, you know, I, call, I called out my, uh, the male leader saying, you know, I'm not going to accept gender bias terminology and that needs to be, um, that needs to be addressed and maybe you're not even aware of it. And that's why for me to highlight is really important. Uh, just be very mindful the language you use and I remember their comeback was well no one else has complained I'm like well no one else will because not everyone's outspoken not everyone's confident enough to do it Uh, however I have such a great strong male network behind me that give me that confidence you know how they you know how you mentioned that it's important to have someone by your side who has belief in you, who instills that confidence in you. And I have that, that environment. And, uh, you know, it's the best thing to have that awareness. It didn't go down well. <laughs> don't, don't think it didn't go down well. But I thought, actually, this just goes to show that so much more needs to be done. And when you try to address it with human resources or other, you know, uh, female senior leaders who are all about in the people organization, they, 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 they don't have the confidence to speak up to actually support such agenda. And I think that is the fundamental issue. And whilst we continuously point out, oh, is the men, is the men, is actually an organization issue. What are you as an organization doing? How are you measuring those KPIs? How are you measuring the standards? Are you actually speaking to the people 
who are below the middle management because that's where you will get the truth. You won't get middle management, higher management. They know how to tell a story. So yeah. it's like go a bit down, go down, down a layer or two and then you will know what really is happening in your organization. And that is something that I'm tackling with my business. I work with corporations to say, okay, what does diversity and inclusion mean to you? Because they're two very separate things. And like, you know, diversity, everyone talks about diversity in the form of race or gender. It's so much more deeper than that. It's like, what about people's voice, people's opinions, people not having the fear to having to, to speak up? That is diversity as well. And that's also being inclusive of people having an opinion and being respectful to receive it. So I work with organizations to understand, A, what is their diversity and inclusion agenda? What does it mean to them? And then we set out different uh, goals and in terms of how we're going to measure the success. And that's when we build up a transformation plan of how we're going to move forward in achieving them but then you know sometimes we have to deviate because things do change and that's okay but as long as a company really truly believes in it and I think that's what currently I think organizations only speak about diversity inclusion on the basis of a tick box exercise they really don't truly go down I mean I remember there was a, a white female lady she was speaking about an Asian woman and how they feel and I'm thinking what how, you, you, why do you ask me I'm sitting here I'm an Asian woman you can talk to me and I can tell you how it is to be in my shoes and rather than you speak for an ethnicity that you don't know much about because you haven't actually lived their path if that makes sense so uh, yeah that's my it's, it's a really interesting and very I'm very passionate about this area um, and that's what I work on as part of my business which is Edge of Reasons and another area that I'm focusing on is on executive coaching and female empowerment so a lot, a lot of females have come up to me saying how do you speak up and like you know we we have this fear we can't speak up and I'm thinking well everyone can speak up everyone has a voice and you should be able to express it and people who are not willing to listen, they're the problem, not you. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because I know working in male-dominated environments that when people are, certain men are very strong characters and personalities and known for that as well. And then you have something come up and you think, well, that, you know, I had a situation more recently where something felt quite personal in terms of managing people and my, my perception on performance versus theirs and everybody was kind of transitioning across to work with this person was I was getting feedback well they're not great they're not great and I thought this kind of feels a bit more personal now apart from picking up the phone and having a conversation about it and understanding where my perspective is and the rationale for the decisions that I've made about those people and you just come in because they don't fit your idea not the business actually your idea and unconscious bias coming in and and then that, that's what I was struggling with and it's like I guess in some ways I tackled it by trying to have an approach of a conversation but then in inside I'm like I'm not gonna get through to this person I'm literally and I won't probably be supported with that and, yeah. and that's when you back down and it's tough and it's, it's I think you have to pick battles as well um because it can sometimes be detrimental to you if not there is there's so much sometimes to think about and sometimes I think there's a power in sometimes not saying something but making that person aware and know that something's there still 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And that unconscious bias does kick in absolutely because I um, I remember I was inheriting a team and um, the head of the department, he just couldn't stand one of the guys in, in the team I was inheriting. And he was like, well, you have the opportunity to fire him. Just You just tell me when. And I thought... I don't work like that. It just doesn't gel with me from my core values point of view. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, it's completely against what I believe in. Okay, three months down the line, I could see there were challenges with this individual. But even then you think, let's try and figure out what can be done to help and support this individual. Because they you know he was brought into the organization for a reason clearly he did well because then if he if he didn't then it says a lot more about the process HR have followed to bring him into the organization in the first place so for me it was I had like you know I was it was a balancing act I had a lot of pressure on this side that you need to let him go you need to find you need to find him and there's another piece of me where my value was like no you need to nurture him you need to help him you need to show him because he has that potential um unfortunately the pressure was just so much um coming from the management that I actually felt sometimes like what part are you not getting you need to understand I'm trying to support you I'm trying to help you um and then basically uh, you know he did he did progress he did well and uh but you know because the management already had it in their mind they want him out it was like okay but we still need him out and I'm thinking right I'm not going to be part of this you do what you need to do I'm going to step away and it's not because I'm a coward because I just didn't agree to it and I'm going to stand up to things I don't agree to I didn't care if someone is a CEO, if I don't agree to something and it's in a conflict with my values, but my value system, I can't support it. So, yeah. um, and I, I, I do sometimes feel is my it is detrimental to me because um, I support a lot of people in the organisation and people who I should have a voice and should express what they think, but they fear to not have a voice. Fortunately, I'm in a position where I can be vocal uh, because, you know, it, it, you know, life's in a very good place for me in, in all aspects. So, um, but I, I also feel when you voice and you help these people, you don't get, you don't, they don't show any gratitude. You think, I did all that. A bit of gratitude would be nice, but then it just goes to show the, the the individuals that they are and it's just like you need to you can't control what other people or how they react or how they act is more about mm. feeling in line with your value system and I think that was really important to me and I think it goes back to a similar part of being coachable isn't it that they, they need to want that change as well yeah and you have to sometimes recognize that and you won't always get it right you know you will get it wrong at times as well in yeah it's, it's really interesting I guess the part for me is just thinking about this empowerment part for females as well do you think that you touched on it a bit around fear that sometimes people don't face into it because actually or they're lapsed overconfident but actually it's more around fears of having a voice I think it is um the fear of having a voice they fear that you know the fear comes from various it's not just the organization fear comes from your childhood you yeah. don't know what's happened then which needs to be unpacked quite a bit before you can actually understand okay what has because fear you're not born with fear 
fear is something that is a learned behavior so you can unlearn fear so it's like okay what where did I start feeling when did I start feeling fearful and why understanding that thing then you can actually think okay each time where have I been fit why have when I when I have been fearful but I still have had to do it what have the out what has the outcome been and when you look at the results, which probably were very fulfilling, I think that should give you the confidence to be able to, um, you know, eliminate that, that self-belief because it is a self-belief thing is eliminating those, those beliefs that you have that, oh, I can't voice because I'm fearful of a repercussion or retaliation. But a lot of organizations now have a retaliation policy that even if someone junior does speak up, A, that person should... A, the person they've spoken up about, they should not be notified that this person has said something. There should be an investigation. But then there is this retaliation policy that should come into hand. Not every organization follows through with that, by the way, just so you know. But there, I know the two top companies that do. I, have, I know a number of people that have had to go through a process, which have been very, very senior level. And they have, you know, they they've never found out who was this person or who was this group of people that actually um, complained. So I think with females, I think it's about society as well, how society has portrayed us that if you watch films from the 1950s or 1960s, very, uh, you know, we're very submissive and, um, you know, uh, we should be a bit more, we're like homebodies, we shouldn't, speak up to our man um but times have changed and we have to think about our future generation and uh you know my my confidence comes from more comes from my children now since I became a mother uh and I I'm a I have a daughter for me it's become even more important to show who's that confidence be that confident woman because I want her to grow up to be a confident woman and I'm her role model so for me that has become even more important. I remember I was on calls last year and, you know, I had the kids behind me because nurseries were shut, et cetera. And um, in our house, we don't use profound language. It's like a no-no. And I was on a call. I don't, I don't use headphones. I use my speaker. And this, this um, man on a call was very frustrated with the project team, not with me, it was not directed to me, it was a project team. And he just started swearing and, you know, started shouting, it was literally lost control. And I put, you know, the meeting ended and my daughter said, we don't use that language. He was rude. I thought, okay, at least you recognize that. And that gave me a bit of a reality. I thought, I don't want my children hearing these kind of conversations. And am I in the right culture? Maybe I'm not in the right culture anymore if, if this kind of uh, behavior is accepted. So um, a lot of, there was a lot of awareness that came up, uh, came out for me last year, which, uh, you know, I'm so glad COVID happened because it's just given me a completely positive or give a completely different outlook to a life where, where I want to go, what I want to pursue and where I want to be in a, in a court in the corporate world. So it's just been uh, quite interesting. Loved it. Where do you want to be in your business and your coaching practice with say five years time? Yeah. So my coaching practice, I think it's, uh, 
it's more about giving back for me is about giving back rather than making the six figures or you know how you see other coach practices I really want to work on female empowerment today so female senior leaders like myself but also working with future upcoming leaders so that you know with the generations that is coming ahead they know they can have a voice they can speak up and there's ways to speak up you don't have to be uh, boisterous or you know have a deep voice etc you can still use your feminine charm and still have um uh still still uh, you know share your views on on a specific subject or whatever is being discussed um, I want to go into schools because I think it starts from the education system. So it's like going and speaking to, you know, year one, year two, year three girls and even boys, actually, just to say how men and women both can work in and work in this world of working and how we should be respectful of the different views and how a diverse set of views bring a, you know can come up with such great innovative uh, solutions to a problem or a challenge so i think it's me focusing on on you know future female leaders but also working with executives and that is because i don't think executives are given a reality check i mean i know they have their own coaches but that coach uses a very non-directive. I mean, a number of coaches I have seen that have been coaching executives. They have this non-directive approach to coaching. Whereas my coaching is a spin of non-directive, but directive. And I know in the coaching academy, they teach us to be non-directive. Yeah. But sometimes I think that if you are paying me to come and help you, yeah. I sometimes need to give you, make you look in the mirror and see see for yourself what is going on mm-hmm. and um you know i found this in more in i've worked with some executives on team engagement where you know they've done these surveys in the organization and um a couple of areas around collaboration and in communication has been quite low in terms of you know how the rest of the teams have done in the organization and when that executive has questioned the why, you know, his directs are just spinning up a story. But then I have been brought in to understand, and I've done a number of interviews, and I've said, this is the why. And he was like, well, I wasn't even aware of that. And I'm like, well, because you sit up No, don't you think that's frustrating? They don't think that way. So, yeah, I know. I, it is frustrating. But I'm like, I did say... I say, you didn't know that. It's because you did not want to know. Yeah. Because I, that could be a reason sometimes you want to just tick box exercise. But I said, do you really want to fix the issue? Because if you want to fix the issue, we can put a plan together and then hold your leadership accountable to follow through with these actions. And I think that's what's needed and is certainly missing in a number of organizations. I mean, all the organizations I've worked for, except for one where they do it very well. The rest, I'm like, okay, it's a bit questionable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I question a lot around things, especially like diverse inclusion, that we, we we know where we need to be in terms of saying, doing the right things. But, you know, we talk about barriers, but then we don't, we know the barriers. And it's like, all we seem to do still is talk about the barriers. And it's like, I want to see it happening. I want to see, we talk about 
you know, women working part time, flexible work. We talk about it. We talk about the policies about it. We don't see it. And and you're asking me to believe in something that I can't see happening. And and that's that role model part, isn't it? And it's this it's the identification that it's not there. And it's you've got to go further than that. Yes, we understand it. We're talking about it. Do it and take yeah. action part is, is key. Um, and that's where. I then struggle to think that sometimes businesses and organisations a year down the road still, where we might be talking about diversity inclusion, are still sitting in a room with 20 men and one female. That's the part where I'm, I struggle. And then being in that environment and being that one of 20, I've sat and felt, felt like looked around a room and you start to look within. And because I'm very reflective in personality style. And I'll think, you know, I remember once getting feedback, you, you're at the table now. And I was like... What do you mean? And then I, you don't have to prove yourself all the time. And I was like, well, I'm not. And they are. And I, I guess it was how I was coming across. And that was me to get pretty that awareness part needed to go another level for me. That I was doing something behaviourally um, that was coming across like that. And sometimes, like you said, sometimes it's opinion, though. And it's, uh, I need to go and think about that. The same as sometimes people will say, you just need to slow down. And I'm like, but actually, maybe that's me. And you need to speed up. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right now. I had a I had a boss who was continuously after my drive. It's just like, you're too driven, you're too driven, you're too driven, you need to slow down. I'm thinking, you should be taking advantage of this strength. At the end of the day, if I had someone driven in my team, I would actually say, oh, that's your strength. I'm going to use that to get to where I need to be for my objectives, for instance. You know, you need to play on people's strengths and uh, weaknesses. and it really, you know, initially I just thought, okay, whatever. I never, I never let it get to me. And I remember being mentored by this lady and I mentioned to her, I said, oh, you know, uh, my manager keeps saying I'm driven. And she said, but what does that mean? I said, well, every time I ask him, what does that mean? And how does it impact others with my drive? He's not able to give me a concrete response because sometimes if your drive is impacting someone in a negative way, you need to be made aware of it so that you know what to watch out for. But he wasn't able to articulate that to me. And she said, well, why don't you just turn around to him and say, you know, you are an ambassador of change. And sometimes when change comes, it might have a it might uh, fall on people differently. I thought, OK, let me give that a try. I did. And, uh, but he was like, you know, every, you know, he was, he was very positive for my strengths, etc. But every time there would need to be a constructive development area, so you need to suppress your drive. And I'm like, I don't even think that's constructive, quite frankly, because my drive has got me to where I am today. I can't, I have to show loyalty to my drive attribute. I cannot let that go. And, um, you know, even my husband, my father, my previous bosses, actually, who I used to work for, they're like, that is you. You should never let go of who you are. And I thought, yes, um, that's that's so true. So, yeah, yeah I get I know what you mean, Nat. It's like, that's slow right. down, slow down. I'm like, well, why do you ask everyone else to speed up? Yeah, we'll I, had, I was working. I'm not always a huge fan of HR within businesses. Um, but I, I had um, I had feedback again at the time that I was I'm always very um, blunt 
was the word. And I am, I'm a direct communicator, very direct, which I could tell her at points. And that's, and there is a part you have to accept that yes, because if you're not taking people with you, you do have to be potentially the one that needs to change in some areas. But yeah, and I remember once she did just that, she just turned around and said, well, you know what? That's you. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wow. And I was like, she goes, sometimes you might want to change the word to direct, but that's who you are. And she goes, so when people say that, say you're spot on, you're right, but this is what you get. So then I have to, it's not justifying it, but I do back it up with a, but what you'll always get from me is I'll always be transparent. I'm never going to go behind your back. I'm going to be honest about where you sit, but I want to move you forward. And I'm going to tell you, you know, like where you're at and we're going to look at where you've got to be. And then we're going to close that gap together. So you're not going to go on a journey on your own, but yeah, it's going to be honest, but that's going to be your kind of, out of your comfort zone and your stretch zone and that's going to be when you amplify all of your development if you want that yeah no absolutely I mean another thing I think people should be very aware of others personality because the way the the work way of the world world of work is going um you know you could actually be attacking someone's personality just yeah. because they're not you know, putting themselves at the front is because maybe is their personality is being an introvert and they like to do things in the background, but it doesn't mean they're not working hard, they're not achieving things, but you are not understanding their personality. And as a leader, it's very important to understand the different personalities you have in your group. So, um, you know, I, I remember I had, I had this um, lady I was managing I, I already preempted things that would come up is that, you know, whenever there was a crisis or, you know, when um, something like, you know, announcement would be made in the organization, I already knew the type of questions or the, the way she would approach the situation. She was like, oh, I can't do this. I, you know, I, I, I really can't do this. Anything. I knew this was coming. So it was not a surprise, but I already knew how I was going to coach her to say, you can do it. You have the potential to do it. And I didn't do the coaching style because she was not a person who was willing to be coached. She didn't, she, I think she didn't have that self-awareness. So it was very directive. You had to be very blunt, but she was a very sensitive soul. So I had to be very careful with my directness as well. So I think it's quite t- uh, tedious being a direct individual because you have to really you know, molly cuddles certain certain types, uh, a type of individuals. So yeah. Um, but speaking about HR, I, I, you know, going and going back to your point around, uh, you know, views and perceptions um, or team engagement, for instance. So I was in a team where uh, for quite a few years, and uh, every year we had the team engagement. And I remember everyone would be like, oh, here's another year coming. Let's go fill this area. And then the results would be shared with us. And this for all those years, the same outputs were coming. There were the outliers that were areas that we still need to focus on. Anything, you know, doing um, all hands the day before you're about to fill in the survey, we're not, you know, we're not manipulate the survey results. And you see HR is in that room and they can see that evidently year after year on year, if you have to see it from a financial terms, your percentages are um, 
decreasing in these areas because no action is being taken. And I think the people's team, HR, whatever people want to call it in their organization, they really need to be supporting those departments that they're business partners for and drive this agenda because I see HR just as a process-driven machine. Like they're just ticking the box off, oh, you know, staff bandings or staff salaries, but they're not actually expanding or going out their comfort zone and looking at things in a completely, you know, expanding their remit in terms of where, what areas they can actually support the organization in. So, I mean, I think HR will be taken over by bots in the future because I can, I I can actually feed an artificial intelligence learning tool with all the processes and they will make sure that I do it right and not be a liability for the organization. What's your views on, there's a TED Talk by Amy Coody, and she talks about kind of fake it till you make it. What's your thoughts within that in terms of being a female as well? Because I don't, I don't know that that's misleading. I used to like it. And then the, the more I think about it over time, I, I don't know that it does bring what we need. I don't subscribe to that. Fake it till you make it. I think, you know, I'd rather be liked by a few but those few would be enough. They're of quality, if that makes sense, and or have the sponsorship of, of a few. Yeah. And, um, in the past, at all the organisations I've worked for in, I have a very nice uh, management, and um, you know, just being myself. They've always remembered me, and they have approached me then for other opportunities within their organisation or in the organisation they've jumped to, and that's always worked for me. And it's quite interesting. I was actually reading another article. I think yesterday um, was by by another coach. She's like, lots of coaches or lots of people worry or put their value on the likes now. How many likes am I getting? How many how many people are commenting? Is I you shouldn't put your value on that. Remember that what you are posting, someone somewhere is actually landing with them, is resonating with them. They may not have had time to like something. And then she says, look back when you're scrolling through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you are, how many times do you actually go and like someone's post? It might be because you have a child on one arm or you're juggling something, you just quickly go, oh yeah, you know, this this message has landed. It's really helped me, thank you. But I just didn't have time to like. Now I've actually made a point that I'm actually liking things a bit more uh, because I am one of those people who will be scrolling. I'm like, you know, that's great. That's a great point. I get it. I understand. You really helped me. But now I'm actually making sure I like it as well. So the person knows. You always, it's about gift, the gift of giving, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? But yeah, it's like, it's that seeking validation, isn't it? Yeah. Lot. But that's you need to gain your own confidence. You need to know that, you know, the journey that you're traveling, you have your small supporters, big supporters, but you also know there is a, there's a community out there that mm. you are actually helping, but they just maybe don't want to express it. And that's okay. As the point is, you just need to help as a coach as much as you can. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a big believer. I say to all my friends, I'm like, don't care how many likes you get, even if you don't get any likes, keep on posting. If you want to post and express and you think it's going to actually add value to someone, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting, isn't it? I've been thinking a lot recently about that part of being you 
and like you just said it's worked for you and I think that you have to trust that it works for you as well and and being authentic is, is really key because when you're not I'm huge on my values and I know that when life goes to pot or I have a bit of a period of time where it's like things aren't going well which is life um it's often because the things that are happening aren't aligned to my values and then that's where I, sh- I get that conflict internal conflict I call it um so I think that's really important and and then but understanding what that means like you know what does that mean to you being you know authentic in yourself and um and being open to to listen to others and work out what needs to change if stuff does but yeah it's really interesting it's really powerful as well I think and I think then that's the part that sometimes drives the confidence it's underpinning think, those yes um so I, I have been so contentment is a really important thing for me so um you know when people look at my social media they think oh my god she has no worries in the world we all have worries but I have got to a point for the past nine months I've been training my mind a lot on contentment and I've actually achieved contentment I can have the worst day ever and I'll be like you know what actually this is nothing this is nothing I always go back to my past thinking oh there's all there have been other um other periods in my life which have been very challenging but look how I've come through look what I've achieved look you know look what is created and I have never felt as content as I feel today it's like it's been nine months in the making it's not been easy there have been a lot of journal writing where I've actually had to write down all the uh, I had to look back at my life and write down all the challenges I've faced and then what the outcome has been and how's that helped me grow as an individual by doing that exercise is just showing how I have actually grown yeah. and my circle of influence and circle of trust has expanded, but also shrunk because when you are growing, if the people around you are not growing with you or, or they're not serving you, yeah. they automatically, it's not that you are being nasty about it. They automatically just drop off and, mm-hmm. You know, it's because their values or the way the way their life's going is completely different from where you what trajectory you're on. Mm-hmm. And it's just been I've been the busiest ever that you know, I'm the most busiest right now, but also the most content. And it really helps as a woman and as a mother, a wife, and you know, the um the homemaker it really affects the environment in the house as well. And I've noticed it's just been the most amazing place to be in. So, yeah. What sparked that moment of knowing you had to go on that journey of looking at contentment then? How's that come about? Um, I, I, I recognised last year, whilst with COVID was great for my family and everything, and, you know, we, we I felt that my work was taking over my family life in terms of like, there was always something going on at work, which was bringing my family's energy down. And I was, I, even myself, no one ever said it. My husband never, ever complained about this. He allowed me to vent. But um, when I used to sometimes sleep, I could hear myself just complaining continuously. And I thought, oh my God, I don't like this sound. And I thought, I don't like it. Imagine the person who always has to hear it from me. What is, what, you know, bless him. He's the most 
humble, most plightest man. You know, he loves me and cherishes me to bits. So he would never say anything like, like that, like that to me. And I think that was my reality. I thought my my career will always be there, but my family is number one. There's so many people who are losing their loved ones, and you know, I have this moment with my loved ones, and I really need to. And then I I also had the I had a cancer scare late last year which gave me that big, big shake up that, you know, you've really been focusing on your career too, so much to the point I did neglect my children last year when I was constantly on conference calls and they were like behind me and they were clinging or they're crying or they wanted something, but I was just like, no, no, I need to do my work. Um, I think that all of that just, it all came together and I thought, no, pause, reset. There's more to life and, I started thinking, focus on gratitude. I started focusing on the things that I do have, the things that, you know, many people probably want. Um, I started thinking about, um, you know, what is it that really is driving this, this part of me? Because I'm not, I'm not someone who complains. I've never been a complainer. I've always been this positive outgoing bubbly personality and I, and I could see myself changing and I thought this is not right this is not right something needs to change but I need to understand what needs to change so yeah. that's what took me on this journey and I started reading a book called The Leap which is quite an interesting book and um, in that they spoke about the yin yang theory which resonated with me I thought in the west we're so focused on the masculine energy which is the yin which is all about uh, you know, driving results and always going up, chasing after something. But Yang is like the female energy, take a, take a step back, relax and let things happen naturally. And I thought that's so right. Why am I, why am I running after something that I can't even control? Let me focus on the things I can control and then let life just happen. And since I read that and I released that energy within myself, I feel things have just worked out for me is that everything has just carved its way. And now I have uh, my ex-colleagues contacting me. They're like, how did you, how did you get to this place? How do you, how did you have the courage to get there? And I'm like, you really need to work. You, it's hard. It's challenging. It's so emotional when you have to look deep, dig deep down within yourself, but is the most rewarding and it comes with pain as well. Yeah. And so they're like, what's the secret? I'm thinking, come and join my coaching and I will tell you the secret. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's so true. And I think that's why sometimes people go, it's, you know, some of the coaching stuff, always, we will, oh, oh yes, when I get time type thing. It's like, it's because you've got to dig deep. And that's the part. Yeah. And that's um, that understanding ourselves as first before anything. And it's interesting you mentioned around the gratitude because, yeah, I did. I've done the same the last few years, and and I say to people, it's, it's not an overnight thing. It isn't. When you really start to understand, it. and I used to think that I used to remember going for walks in the morning, and I'd be like, I'm grateful for this, grateful for that, and I think like, I'd always want to say three things, and then every day I was like, I'm saying the same three things every day. You know, I'm yeah. grateful for waking up, I'm grateful for my niece, I'm grateful, for and I was like, this this isn't what I want. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And I was I listen to a lot, I read a lot. I've got to, I've just noted down the leap. I've got to have a look at that. It is really good. Um, 
And I think I remember Adriana Huffington, her book, um, Thrive, did it for me years ago in terms of having wisdom. And she had a moment, and it's like you mentioned about the cancer scare. So thank you for sharing that. I remember she shared Inez uh, in that about she just had everything was just overloaded and she just completely fell to the floor one day, hit her head, was just burnt out. And she was like, that's it, that's enough. And then wisdom, well-being, wonder and everything came in for her. So it was really interesting. And, and, and yeah, I've just been on that journey. And, and what I've noticed is that journey has had some, like you say, like I had some mental health things in terms of just this intense focus on my fitness that actually did me no favours. And yeah, I think um, you, you, you look at it very differently now, like the perspective and shift on life and how you see things. And it, it does, you have to go on a journey with it. I'm not big on affirmations, but I am very big on gratitude. I do have a journal, so it's really important. And I notice difference again, sometimes when I'm like overwhelmed, I'm like, I just need five minutes to just write everything down in my head. Everything down, exactly. And I go, what am I freaking out about? This is ridiculous. Yeah. But it's that is that getting it out helps and seeing it differently. That's why it's so powerful to write things down as coaches. But yeah, it's really interesting. And I then started. That's when I got into mental health volunteering for Shout for eighteen months, back two hours a week. And and then that's where you learn what gratitude is and giving back and seeing like coaching that you're serving others. And actually, I'd rather take ten years to build a business than max out and join somebody's program that wishes or promises me 10k within a month type thing which I don't think is business um you know I'm not knocking people that do that it's not for me I know it's not for me and I don't think that sustainable businesses preach that you know they work bloody hard they do work long hours nobody builds a great business and hasn't put time and effort in they just haven't I get a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, if you've launched your business, but you don't put a lot of posts or content, et cetera. And I'm like, well, I need, I've just started up first of all, but plus I need to believe in it, believe in something for me to write or talk about it. And in some cases, some of the, you know, theories I'm applying on myself, I need to make sure I apply on myself. They are sustainable. And then I can share what the you know the outcomes are what the results are um you know for me coaching is all about because I'm going to go back to corporate definitely because you know I do love working with people I love like you know being in that um in team environment etc I thoroughly love it uh but equally I love coaching and that's because I like to give back I like to and people say oh if you like to live give back then why are you charging us it's like when I say give back, I give back from a, from the charities I partner with them to give back. So that is not a chargeable thing. But then when I'm working with others, I'm giving you the knowledge I have been acquiring for the past several years to help you now to transform. So I remember last week I had a, a co- ex-colleague contact me and he said, oh, what are your views on this? And uh, what do you think I should do? And I'm thinking, you know, I have... I do run a coaching initial consultation. If you'd like to talk to me, we can go through what you want to achieve and see how, whether A, we can work together and B, whether it is an, is a coaching thing or is it a therapy thing? I don't know at that point because I don't know what the whole full context is. Oh no, don't worry. Um, I, I don't need coaching because I'm not going to be around for too long. And I'm thinking okay, that's fine. But is that people want to tap into what you have, but they're not willing to invest in themselves. And I think, you know, I think it's quite disrespectful for people like us who've actually really invested 
yeah. our time, our energy, whilst we'll be managing our families, our work commitments, etc. And obviously, there's going to be a charge for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. And, and you do have to invest a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. And I haven't, I haven't probably got half of the return on that, but actually, because that, that's the choice I'd rather do. I'd rather do that than go out and get drunk every weekend. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want for me. And I learn, I feel much better as a person that I'm developing and I'm getting the most out of my days and my life and moving forward. So yeah. It's, I think funny, really you that. it's funny you say that because in my twenties, I remember I had friends who were going out every single weekend um god I really am showing my age I showed my age (laughs) and I remember um so I started work when I was 16 uh and I'm really thankful to my parents because what they didn't want to do is make they wanted to make sure that I understood the value of money and how hard you have to work to achieve it because I was getting everything on my plate because of my parents right but now they're like no you need to learn the value so that at 16 I started um working part-time then I went to university, continued working, etc. And I remember in when I was around, I think 27, I said to myself, I'm going, I'm going to get a house. I that's my goal now. I want to get a house. And um, you know, all my friends were out partying, going on holidays, they were buying all these lovely things. And I was just like, this is crap. I'm working, I'm earning a good amount. And what, like, you know, what, what is going on? I'm not enjoying life. Anyway, by making those difficult sacrifices, as I would call it, my husband laughs, he said, how's that sacrifice? I'm like, that, <laughs> is, is that, that time? everything is a sacrifice when your friends are having fun and you're at home saving money. Um, I'm so glad I did it because now where I am, especially with my family life now as well, I've made a stable foundation that gives me the opportunity to have time with them, but also, you know, make choices that right now people might find challenging. People want to leave jobs, but they can't leave jobs because they have, uh, you know, outgoings. But by making those sacrifices in uh, in my 20s and early 30s, I've actually made a great foundation that gives me the opportunity to now make choices. So um, it just goes back to what you were saying on the weekends, your friends are getting drunk, but you're focusing on self-development. That's fantastic. And that's what I'm actually mentoring young, uh, part of the Nova network. And I mentor uh, those individuals. And uh, one of the first thing I'm saying, you know, if you can give, get yourself financial security and I can tell you how you can achieve that, you you will thank yourself 10 years down the line because you'll be in a position where you can then pick and choose how you want to lead your life and you know I'm grateful to my parents they taught me that value and especially my mother yeah very similar and I remember yeah I was 27 I was like I want to get a place by 30 did it and then yeah, I've noticed what my biggest fear is, is attachment to that. And I, I'm open about that. I don't really fear much, you know, fear for itself. But I do fear losing what I've made and had. So I'm, I'm learning a minute, like, well, what does that mean? How do I not be that attached to things? But yeah, you do get like that, don't you? Because you're proud of it as well in a good way. Yeah. Look, look, I really appreciate your time today. It's been, a, I, I love your um, perspective and I love your energy as well, because it's not always seen in many people. But I always wrap up with a few questions. And I guess to you then, what does success mean to you? Contentment. I love Contentment. That. I'm going to go look at, what, look at that. 
sorry, yeah, contentment. Yeah. And contentment could be, you know, all parts of my, my life. My life should be contentment in my career, contentment in my own personal development, contentment in my family, contentment in my relationship. And, you know, touch wood, I'm there. And, you know, I, I, I remember when I first felt that sensation, I said to my husband, I said, oh, I've woken up and I feel so content. This is really, this is bizarre what I'm feeling. And he said, oh, long may it continue. I said, oh my God, I'm really scared that this contentment energy has been taken from someone else's body and put in me for 24 hours and it's just going to go away. And this was actually come, uh, it was around February time. And a few months down the line, I'm like, I think it's here to stay actually. It's really great. I'm loving it. And it's amazing. It's the most amazing thing. And I think the nine months I spent on myself have been the most fulfilling and most rewarding. Yeah, I can tell that for sure. It's great. What do you think people can do to live a more purposeful life? I think being kind and um, being kind and giving back yeah. and holding faith. Those are three things um, that leads to a purposeful life. Yeah. What do you want to be known for? Being kind. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned The Leap as well. What other book has made a really big impact on you? I love this question. <laughs> I think Stephen McCoy's book, um, The Seven... Uh, I can't remember the title. Uh, seven Principles of Successful Leader, something like seven, seven success, uh, Seven Habits of Successful People that has had an impact because in what there's one chapter I think it's chapter two if I remember correctly um Steve McCoy asks you to walk uh, you're saying okay imagine you're going to a friend's funeral and you see his close family members you see you know work colleagues friends etc etc people from all different walks of life and you're walking down the altar or the aisle as I would say and then you get to the casket and when you look into it, it's actually your funeral he's talking you through. And then he says, how would you like people to remember you? And I thought, wow, that, that was deep. When I was reading, it was quite dark anyway. But when I was reading, I was like, oh, my God, what would I like people to remember me by? And I think it's kindness. I definitely want to be seen as being a kind, giving, um, you know, and a happy person because I want my, when I pass away, my children hopefully live a very long life. That is what I want yeah. people to talk about with their mother, you know. So I think that's really important. And what keeps me really going is faith. I have a strong faith and I believe everything happens for a reason. So um, I faced a challenge earlier this year. And um, at the time, I thought, mm, not sure whether I'm, fe I'm feeling comfortable with it. But that is because I was completely in my stretch zone at that point. And I was just, just have the faith have the faith it's going to be okay and everything works out and everything happens for a reason and um you know looking back it has been the most um most amazing thing that happened yeah final one final one what would you tell your younger self let it be okay yeah let it be let things go um you only control 10%, 90% is out of your control. Yeah. And just like, you know, let life just work itself out. I'm not saying don't work hard, continue working hard, but 
also don't stress on every single thing. And I think I spend a lot of my 20s uh, always stressing about things. And even in my early 30s, I was always stressing about things. And I was like, why? What was the point? Things worked out. <laughs> really valuable. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Nat. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. I really hope you've taken some value. If you would like to focus on achieving your purpose-driven goals, then reach out and share with me one thing that's going great for you right now and one thing that you're really struggling with. Let's see if or how I can help you to leverage your business to make more money, make an impact and have more freedom. As always, go take action, make an impact and have a great day.